Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View Wrap on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined in the studio by finance presenter JP Ong, and on the phone because he's still not allowed to be amongst us. Two out of three is not bad. <laughs> Jeff Howie from the SGX. How are you doing, Jeff? Good to, good to be on the program with you. Lots to talk about, as always. You know, the amazing thing is, within the course of the week, we have seen huge movements in, in the upward trajectory across the region here on the SDI, and we've also seen the pullback. There's been a lot of geopolitical news affecting those movements. There's been a lot of developments and announcements uh, on the uh, policy front. It's, it's just been... A wild week. Mm. I think it's a tale of two weeks, that, the two halves, I would say, in this week. Um, you've got the first half until Monday to Wednesday where we saw the Straits Times Index attempt and actually breach 2,800 a number of times. And at the start of the week, if you remember, Claire, so a lot of our conversations centered around, well, we never thought we'd see the STI rebound this fast and hit these levels these quickly. But you saw just how quickly those fortunes turned on Thursday. Now, some are saying that it's because of those gentle reminders from the OECD, the World Bank, and the Federal Reserve. Reserve, that we're going to see a significant pullback and that the road to an economic recovery is going to be hard. But a and lot of long. People, and long. But the thing is also there's been a lot of momentum driving markets up significantly. And this should just be um, a sign that that momentum that was driven by uh, over the last uh, since the start of June seems to have started peter out. There, there's that, just markets starting to lose a lot of steam. And also some of these retail investors have come in en masse. Perhaps just, uh, you know, you're seeing a bit of an unwinding of some positions because of that. And also, um, there is the worry of a second wave of infections. It seems that uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks also, the talk of COVID-19 infections and cases has been put a bit on the back burner for, for markets. Yes, there's a, there, you, you cast an eye on it every so often, but a lot of the talk was the economic recovery. Is it going to be V-shaped? Do we have things under control? Is there going to be a vaccine? But then, then we saw the number of cases in the U.S. reach 2 million. We're now, I believe, at about 7.5 million confirmed cases worldwide, at least according to the Johns Hopkins University's website and their latest updates. And this is just a stark reminder that, you know, this thing could actually happen again. And the United States is now toying, or some cities like the city of Houston are now uh, considering a second lockdown. But the problem now is you have a lot of weary citizens, not just in the U.S., but across the world, that um, might be a, it might be a little more difficult to convince them to go back in into uh, to shelter in place if that does happen. And, uh, you know, U.S. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin saying that, you know, it's the, the political will to actually reimpose another lockdown might not actually be there. So there's just a little bit of that uncertainty coming back into the markets and pulling things back. Um, take, take in the case, uh, the Straits Times Index falling by about 1.6% today. That's 42 points off of its index. 2,661 is where they're sitting right now. And uh, at about 1.2 billion Singapore dollars in total total value turnover. We've seen a lot of activity, actually, since the start of June. And you, you, you'd you think that uh, during these uh, these months from May to August, like you'd see less trading activity, but that's not the case. A lot of activity, unfortunately, supporting some of these losers, to, uh, um, the Straits Times Index's pullback. And also a wall of red when you look across the rest of the region. The Nikkei 225 is down by 1%. The ASX 200 in Australia is down by 2%. Um, 2%. The uh, Kospi out in Korea uh, falling by 2.4%. Shanghai and Shenzhen both also in the red, down by about 0.4%. And the Hang Seng currently trading about 350 points down. So there's uh, 
you've seen sentiment really shift, uh, shift not just here, but also across global markets as traders start to reassess, well, did we take this recent rally a little too far? Um, I think the other thing that's a bit head-scratching and a bit uh, interesting to note is these, uh, you've seen these big moves up, 2-3% up, say, especially in the U.S. markets, and then suddenly you see a, coming, a pullback of about 3.5% when you look at the SP, at the, uh, at the S&P 500 last night, um, closing, actually, sorry, down by about 6%. So you're seeing these big swings, at least, from Wall Street. And, uh, and it's, it's something to note that perhaps volatility is back on the table um, for the most part, and we're seeing some of these significant moves either up or down. Unfortunately, it's bringing stocks here in equities in Singapore a couple of steps lower. You know, Jeff, um, despite all that, the, the psychological barrier that we were thinking of was and has been the one that we've been looking at for the last couple of months was 2,500 points. We're still way above that. Yeah, look, I, I think the key level this week has been uh, in not so much a uh, Singapore focus, more a US focus. I mean, just to kind of reiterate what JP was saying, uh, the momentum has stifled somewhat. So, so we have the S&P 500 index, which, which really leads the world these days. I know it's slightly different benchmark to most because it's, it's uh, 40% tech and health. But look, it, it kicked off Monday morning at 3,200, which was a key level for it. And it didn't get to push through 3,230 on either Tuesday night or Wednesday night. And then on Thursday morning, it did begin to fall away. And it, it declined all, has declined all the way through um, to about 3 a.m. this morning and made a 29.85 low last night. Um, but so far, it, it's back up around 1.5% today, uh, which is around 30.30. But um, the reason being the big risk going into this week was this second wave, or, or, or maybe we could be a little bit more technically correct, and for the case of the USA, an extended first wave of COVID-19. Um, and we've seen increases in two states in particular, Texas and Arizona. Um, Texas, In Texas, they made a new daily high of COVID-19 cases. I think it was Wednesday night. It was 2,500 new cases, which is more than the just less than 2,000 cases on the 31st of May. But they're, 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 I should no, there is some qualification to that because there's um, you know an increase on how local health department are uh, in in Texas are reporting the cases from prisons with the testings and so forth. So some caveat there, but uh, we also did see you know the key stocks that have led most of the declines in the U.S. have been the airlines, the cruise travel, the oil players, and so forth. Um, but still, you know you've got stocks like Carnival, Norwegian uh, Cruise Line, American Airlines, United Airlines, Boeing, and so forth, you know, still up between 10 and, and 30% in, in, in the month to date. So we, we've seen, I guess, some measured selling um, to, to bring the focus back home. In Singapore, just about every single STI stock yesterday was in the red, bar SPH, which was in the green. But the five stocks that we saw lead the decliners uh, yesterday were Capital Land More Trust, Capital Land Commercial Trust, Hong Kong Land, City Developments and SATs. Um, I think SATs is back in the green today, but... but um, today, a little bit different. It's the trio of the banks that are leading the decliners. So, so there's measured moves because if you look at in the month at eight, SATs, City Developments, DBS and UOB were amongst our strongest stocks in this pretty strong month to date. Um, so, so while you see that they're around 2% declines uh, today for the trio of banks, that they're, they're trimming their average month to gain to around 10%. But look, um, d there was also uh, some focus on the Fed meeting this week as well. Um, and look, the focus of Chairman Powell, um, 
going into that meeting, you could, you could tell what the focus was, and he did sum it up in his final question just into the very end of that hour. He did state that the Fed is very tightly focused on the real economy goals and not focused on moving asset prices in any particular direction. So a lot of focus on Main Street, less focus on Wall Street in that meeting as well. I think the exact words of Jerome Powell or Chair Jerome Powell there, uh, Jeff, was that we are going to provide as much stimulus and keep the uh, keep our foot on the gas pedal until the labor market, especially the jobs market in the U.S., starts to recover from the harrowing impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic. And it just uh, illustrates that point you just made. Yeah, and they've been consistent with that too. So St. Louis President uh, James Bullard said a couple of weeks ago he, he they expect uh, the unemployment rate to come below 10%. By the end of the year, I think I think they, the Fed's now working on a forecast of 9.3% thereabouts. And look, we did see last week too, 10-year yields did start to climb a little. Uh, um, however, this week they've come very much back to that seven-tenths of a percent level where uh, the 10-year yield spent much of their time in April and May. Um, but look, uh, we should also, if you want to talk about some of our stock moves this week, Top Glove Corporation's been one stock that has particularly stood out because it has actually reported its numbers uh, yesterday. Um, the, the stock's up around 1% this week. It's brought its year-to-date gain to 260%. Now, now that sounds good, but what the real highlight is participation in the stock um, in terms of investors uh, participating in the stock prices. The average daily turnover of our listing of, of Top Love is up almost 40-fold this year, i.e. close to 4,000%. Um, it's now trading around a million dollars a day and it, it reported its uh, its third quarter results through to the 31st of May results yesterday and it, it, it actually reported its highest ever quarterly sales revenue. I think it was up 42% um, before tax. That was the profit. Um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, which 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 was which was very strong and attributed to all that organic expansion in their nitrile gloves capacity. What was it? The tri- the, the profit before tax? Yes, yeah, or triple digit gain of four hundred percent year on year. I'm looking at their bottom line, their 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 net profits itself, Jeff, and that was a three hundred sixty six and almost three hundred sixty six percent jump. And they've also ma- mentioned that they are going to continue to expand capacity because at the moment, if you are going to order gloves from top glove there might be a lead time of as much as 400 days that's more than a year pretty much that's how much the backlog is at the moment i'm glad you mentioned top glove too jeff because we're looking at the stock price today and it has jumped once again 3.2 percent in the green five dollars and 74 cents here in singapore but we also want to take a look at how their shares in in kuala lumpur are doing um also up by about 0.7 percent and very interesting to see that they are now one of the five or six biggest companies in market cap out of malaysia i think they've just overtaken axiara out there also um they just, they just keep going from strength to strength. But I think yeah. the question I, is that if and when, and hopefully we start to see the tail end or get over the hump of this COVID-19 pandemic, will this actually shift um, you know, consumption and shift patterns to sustain some level of the surge if the demand surge for Top, top Gloves uh, um, products? Because we've also seen that as soon as things calm down, I mean, this could also, we could also see uh, some, of this, uh, some of this exuberance and this extraordinary demand start to peter out if we get that. I guess I'm just looking as far forward as possible as most are yeah the good thing is quite a lot of the local singapore market uh, are well aware of the stock because top glove uh, while the turnover um, 
participation in the stock has not been a highlight until this year. Uh, they have been very active on the investor relations circuit here in Singapore and uh, there's been a consistent message uh, from their ED who runs IR that the uh, the company has always been chasing market share. Um, you know, it's had it's had market share uh, uh, so, you know, market share targets for, for some years now. And with those results, it did note it's emerged now as the world's largest manufacturer of nitrile gloves and also, of course, the world's largest manufacturer of nitrile rubber gloves and surgical gloves. So, um, you know, it's it's already been on... that The company's already has already been on a pretty aggressive path of expanding its market share in the, in the actual industry. They are definitely now the top glove. No, um, no, no, no doubts there. But we look at some of these other uh, manufacturers of rubber and also top and gloves here in Singapore. And there's a couple of them also, Jeff. We've talked about them a few times and no slouches either. Riverstone up by about 7.1%. That's an impressive jump for their share price so far today. UG Healthcare also trading about 4.6% in the green. It seems that we found this one sector that's defying the uh, downturn, but also I think the it's, it's showing and it's indicative that the focus of markets, again, are on those medical metrics that uh, Jerome, Fed Chair Jerome Powell mentioned, that this is a, a lot of the economic recovery is going to hinge on whether or not we've got this COVID-19 pandemic under control and this potential second wave in some of these countries, um, major countries, is starting to raise concerns. At least we're seeing some signs of, con- of uh, stability, at least out in New Zealand and your home country of Australia, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and I should point out too that it's both Top Glove and Riverstone Holdings that have driven much of that, uh, you know, close to 35% year to date gain of our IHSG or healthcare index. But it is healthcare sector, obviously, uh, very much in focus, and not just the um, not just the listed companies. Tai Chan as well, uh, which is which is a Singapore company, has uh, has also had a lot of focus globally with their uh, clinical trials starting for that um, potential COVID-19 treatment. Now, we are looking at the week ahead. Now, we've had a phenomenal week with just filled with news and information and market movement. Activity. Activity, activity, activity. Um, I'm very grateful that I'm going on leave as of today. (laughs) But the question is, are you going to be expecting more of this level of activity going into next week. You kick it off, Jeff. Yeah, well, look, look, looking forward, I, th- I think for us here in Singapore, the key data is obviously going to be the May non-oil domestic exports, and that should be uh, on schedule 8.30 Wednesday morning. And the uh, the Bloomberg median estimates, I think, is pointing to a little bit over 2% year-on-year expansion, and that follows an almost 10% expansion in April, and I think it was, it was almost 18% expansion in March. So, so most of the attention won't be on that year-on-year number. It'll probably be more on the month-on-month figure, and that is expected to decline somewhat, around 5% after a month-on-month decline, I think, of 6% in April. So so that's the big number for us uh, on an economic uh, radar. But also, you know, something we are looking forward to as well um, and looking forward to it is our Minister for Trade and Industry, uh, Chan Chan Singh, is, um, he has his national broadcast on Sunday, and that's titled uh, Making a Living, living in, Making a Living in the COVID-19 world. You know, just touching on that also, why it's going to be interesting to look at those non-oil domestic exports. Um, just the other day, South Korea released their trade figures for the first 10 days of June, and they actually saw a 20% jump in exports during that during the first slice of this month. And they actually said a lot of it was driven by semiconductor exports, because 
because they started to, a lot of the supply chains have already re, are starting to recover. We're seeing the continued demand from this particular sector. And Singapore also has a significant footprint that's also connected to the semiconductor space also. If we start to see some of these electronic exports and also some of these uh, com- semiconductor components in the NOTX numbers also start show improvements in May, well, that could also bode well for, th- for that particular sector and also for the manufacturing space overall, which counts for about 20% of Singapore's total GDP. Um, keep in mind that uh, so far, the one sector that has been doing well in that space is the biomedical manufacturing space. But it would be nice to see if, uh, if the semiconductor space can start getting up out of bed start showing signs of a recovery also. A lot will hinge, though, on what those numbers will be when they come out on Wednesday morning, as Jeff mentioned. All right. Well, so good luck and have fun with it, guys. The only <laughs> movement I'm going to be watching are, are my cakes rising. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Pound cake, cheesecake. All of it. Wow. All of it. I'm going to be baking everything I know how to bake. <laughs> you, you guys know where to go. Out west. <laughs> Try and make some damper. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. This has been Market View Wrap on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, soon to be on vacation. Joined by JP Ong, well our deserved. finance presenter. Thank you. I agree. <laughs> and Jeff Howie from the SGX. You're on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.